and I don't want to eat any more of your dreaming grass. It makes me cough up my own urine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Podquisition. I am your boy, Jim Sterling, and I'm joined, as always, by the effervescent Laura. Hello. Hello. If you drop me in water, I make all sorts of bubbles. I make a wonderful bath bomb if you just give me a chance. Laura is the human bath bomb. This this is well known in her area of the country. Yeah, it's like that's the tagline that when I write stuff for other websites you see in the little bio at the bottom. It's like, Laura, she's the human bath bomb. She also yeah. writes video game news when she's not slowly dissolving in warm water. You just got bath bomb. I think bomb. you guys have been eating the, the, the dreaming grass by the sounds of it. <laughs> Oh, you! And then here we are, the peddler of herbs and secret wishes himself, Gavin, the miracle of sounds, and not just not just regular sound, not just not just a mild occurrence of sound. We're talking about goddamn miracles here, like what the insane clown Potty once sang about. Hello, Gavin. Hello. G- Gavin really is the miracle of sound. Like if he if he happens twice, then like someone gets given a sainthood. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Yeah, so that was like a whole <laughs> load of bollocks to introduce us with. That, that was us doing some amazing, uh, what's it called, improv satire comedy. Woo, woo, we are amazing very comedians, satirical. what we are. Very satirical. Um, before we continue, uh, we're recording early. You should actually be listening to this a day early if all goes well and yeah. I don't mess it up. I may very well mess it up. I may mess uh, it up as well, so that's so entirely possible. It could possible. get messed up at any point. Between now and then. But you should be listening to this a day early. Uh, I'm going to be in transit. I will be travelling to Gamer X. Uh, if you're going to Gamer X, if you're uh, there in San Jose, in and around the area, I'll be uh, around. Uh, nothing official planned, but I will be about um, maybe doing a little bit of filming. Um, going to try and treat it like a semi-rest, but we're doing a little bit of coverage stuff there. So that's it. If you're, if you're going to Gamer X, I'll see you there, uh, where I intend to be... Big and gay and good. That that sounds like a very fun time. And because of this, we're doing a possibly on the shorter end. It's probably still going to be an hour, but we're not going to do one of our two-hour lengthy epics. Oh this yeah, week. I, don't, I mean, I have not stopped. Like I've got, <sighs> I've got. I wrote the as soon as the Jimquisition this week was published. <laughs> I was writing the script for the next one, um, and I've recorded and edited the dialogue for that this morning. And as soon as we're done recording this, I've got to then edit that together. And then I'm going to upload that tomorrow morning, and then I won't be able to touch. It'll be like a Christmas present. I can't unwrap <laughs> that till next Monday. Um, so Does, at some point yeah. on Monday, I've got to, I think I'm going to be on the road then road tripping. Um, so I'll just have to set it live from my phone or something, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this week has been equally nightmarish for me because I've moved into my new place. So I now have moved, this lovely, yeah. finally happens. So I got this, I've got a dedicated studio space. I've got all soundproofing panels going up and stuff and that's all well and good except that my new place currently has no internet and won't do until probably the day we record next episode. So this that week... That is a problem for someone yeah. whose work is primarily online. Uh, I, I think it's more than primarily. I think every single thing that I do work-wise <laughs> try, try in some way needs the internet. explaining that to Irish ISPs. <laughs> I know, I was trying to tell them. I was like, is there no way that you can like give me the internet in faster than two weeks? And they were like, nope, UK regulations. I'm like, well, fuck you, I get work. So this week I've got to try and do... UK regulations, right? Yeah. Are you exempt from paying UK fucking taxes for those two weeks? Let's bloody hope so. Couldn't let your work... That, that so, was more political satire. That, by that the way. was indeed more political satire. So I'm having to spend this week popping from place to place that I can find internet and a quiet room, and just get all my work done there. And I'm I'm pretty pleased. I've managed to get this will be the second podcast of the week. I got three reviews up in three days in a row. It does just mean that the quicker we get this done, the quicker I can get editing, and I don't have to find a place the next time to edit it. And that that's why good. we're not talking about video games because we're on a tight <laughs> schedule. Because so Laura let's has do... no internet. Yes. Because of fucking David Cameron. Because of that David fucking Cameron. He turned around and he's like, I'm going to fuck Laura's internet like it's a pig's head. So this week we have, we are on a tight schedule and as such we are continually saying things that are not talking about video games and explaining why we have to go fast. We're talking about our tight schedule. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right. Okay, let's let's cut to the fucking cheese, shall Shall we? we, Should we cut to the Mm. biggest piece of cheese or do we want to cut to a a little piece of cheese and work up to the big piece of cheese? I say we start start strong. Let's start big. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with Gavin on this. Start strong. Okay, let's start strong. Um, 
Ian... Fuck Konami. Oh, yeah, fuck Konami, actually. Let's start with fuck Konami. Um, and kudos to Jeff Keighley. Yeah, so if anyone missed this, um, Metal Gear Solid Five won some awards at Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. I did not watch the Game Awards, and no, I, I wasn't either. particularly interested in it, but yeah. what I was interested in is seeing the next day that there was this clip circulating that was titled Konami Ban Kojima from Attending the Game Awards. And there's this, like, five-minute clip of the Game Awards you can go find on YouTube or whatever. And it's Jeff Keighley after this award's been given out and people from Konami who are not Kojima going up to accept this MGS5 award. And Jeff Keighley then gives this, like, three-minute or so speech where he's basically like, hey, we invited Kojima here. We wanted him here on awards night. We got told by Konami's lawyers that he has been banned from coming and as such, he will not be coming. However, we know he's watching in, in Tokyo, wherever he is. So we love you. We This award was for you. And here's a song or something to make it up to you. But uh, yeah, fuck Konami, right? Yeah, I mean, even as someone who's been covering their work for as long as I have, like, this took me aback. Like, mm. And this I think this what, just feels like spite. Yeah, what shocks mm. me more... Like, maybe they've got a legal reason for it. Maybe it's because... Because it's, 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 Jeff did mention on the show, you know, there's employee contract stuff. Maybe it's out of Konami's hands. But the fact that Konami itself didn't have the fucking spine to address this, it just mm. happily stood on stage and grinned and got its award and then let the crowd boo it and let the oh, internet say that, fuck Konami that was, over and over again. Oh, that was the best moment, is when Keeley turns around and he says that, like, oh yeah, Kojima's been banned from coming by Konami. And the audience just boos Konami. I'm like, i tell oh, you what, Ko- you Kojima all. may have been banned from coming, but thanks to that clip, I've been coming harder than ever. Oh, um, the, oh whoa! Wow. Uh, the, image, the image of that crowd booing Konami, like, as, again, as someone who has been shouting about Konami for years and years, mm. um, back Back before it was popular, uh, this <laughs> this has been the sweetest release for me. It's, it's been so mm. beautiful. It's been really. I thought it was pretty cool of Jeff as well. I mean, because he has like, he kind of has this reputation as this very corporate guy. He's he's the and face of the like AAA Kojima, industry. Really, he's, Kojima's he's the face like of Doritos his, Gate and Mount, but, yeah. But, but Kojima's <laughs> absolutely his hero, oh, yeah, you know. Is, and yeah. it was nice to see him kind of stick up as, for his hero as, in that way. As much of like there is flack that Keeley does sometimes deserve flack for some of the things he's done. That being said. I think this is one of those moments where it's like, yeah, you've got to give him credit when credit's due. This was a very classy move on his part. And yeah, go, like, well done I, him. I don't have much of an opinion on, on Keely one way or another. Um, I, I, I just view him for what he is, which is yeah. the human face of the AAA game industry. Uh, so to see him basically step out of line, I guess, and, and just say that, was it was a do, big moment yeah. of respect. Certainly. It was a big moment to do something that he knew. Like, this publisher is in the room right now. All of their executives are going to hear me see, say this, and they're going to watch a, peop- a room full of people boo at them because of what mm. I said, and he still went ahead with it. And that's Konami must know that like everyone hates them, though. Yeah. It's, like, at this this point how could they not it's know weird. everyone hates it's them? weird to think about this whole situation because as time's gone on i've been asking myself the same question and this this particular incident may be the best example of this what were they afraid that kojima would do if he attended the game awards that would be worse press for them than keely standing up and saying konami banned see, him from coming seek asylum <laughs> oh, probably seek political asylum it, it is all very strange but um yeah, I'm glad that everyone booed him for that. And, like, I, I can see some people's explanations of why they wouldn't let him come, which is they're trying to get him out the company, and as such, they don't want him being a spokesperson for Konami as a brand. I can see that being a legal requirement, as we don't want you representing our company. But when, like, I, Altair isn't the right word for Kojima, but he's one of the closer people in the AAA space to having that be an applicable term. And it feels very, very strange to have his name stricken off of this product it's, that was very yeah. much his. Like, I get not... It's wrong. I mean, yeah. it, it's straight up wrong mm. on several levels. I like, mean, that's there's no bones about yeah. it. Like, I totally get not wanting him to list, uh, talk about himself as a Konami employee, but you can't unlink Kojima from this project. Like, everyone knows this is Kojima's project, and it... 
to try and pretend that's not the case is just going to get them into worse and, and worse And in case cases. you forgot, the game reminds you every five minutes. Yes, which yeah. I really quietly hope is Kojima's just like big fuck you as he leaves the company. Yeah. It's like, right, I'm going to insert my name every five minutes just to fuck you over. But I said this during the fuck Konami news segment of this week's mm. Inquisition. The, the, the thing that's most telling about this whole situation is this more or less confirms that he's not on holiday. Yeah. He's, he wanted to come to the award show. Jeff said that. Yes. Hideo wanted to come. And Konami's lawyers said no. He's not on holidays. Yes. Ko- Konami, like, openly, willfully, and has been exposed as lying to the mm. public. Like, they, they he's straight on, He's up on jailer lied. days. It's a special holiday that <laughs> Konami employees take when they're naughty. He, yeah, because, like, he was invited, accepted an invitation, and then had to not come because lawyers got involved. Like, there is some... I can't help but feel at this point like it must be personal. Like, I know people have joked about this, and I don't think that this is the case, but I feel like he must have done something on the level of, like, who's... Whose wife and or husband did he fuck in the office? Like, who did he really emotionally, personally piss off? Because... He's done That's something to really piss off that company. And, and you know, having dealt with them myself and having seen other people deal with them, that is how Konami operates. It's mm. not based... They're, they're, there's not... Very rarely are there professional reasons for what they do when, when someone's shut out or someone's mistreated. It is spite. I, I've No matter what reasons they have for this, spite played a part in it because that's how they run. They are amazing spoiled brats at konami and i don't I, I, mm. I don't feel you know in any way um misleading or or libelous or whatever or slanderous uh, in saying that that's that's just a simple fucking fact as yeah. is the fact that they lied and are liars yeah that is the thing that we need to just just put that fact out there. They lie and are liars who are, have actively misinformed people about the situation as it's going on, which really isn't going to help them, you know, when yeah. everyone hates them already. I mean, it's just the arrogance of it. Like, they must think... And I guess it's true in a way. Like, they don't have to care about PR anymore, in the, mm. at least in the West. They make all their money off the pachinko machines and... And yet, like, they're making money and they clearly have decided that PR, at least in this country, is a waste of their time. And, and it's nice. It, it, in some ways, as much as they lie, there is a subtle honesty in the open contempt that they're showing the general public. Right yeah, it's, it's an honesty of action, even if it's not an honesty of words. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's been Fuck Konami news this week. Because fuck we, Konami, by the way. Yeah, Fuck Konami. It's been so long since we've had an anti-Ubisoft segment, and I really feel like Konami has really taken up that mantle in uh, recent months. Like, we did get someone on Twitter today asking, like, why don't you complain about Ubisoft anymore? It's like... They've Ubisoft, kept their heads down. Ubisoft have kept their heads down. They haven't fucked up in a while. Konami, yeah, I mean, on the other hand, are, like, right slap in the middle of our fucking radar. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always had a... A hard, sp- I guess the opposite of a soft spot would be a hard spot in my heart for uh, uh, Konami. Or that could just be the cholesterol, I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Next piece of news is one that uh, Gav saw the headline, and I don't want to spoil anything about this story yet for Gav, but I think this is going to... Gavin's going to have some opinions on this. Uh, people have been digging around in the code for Fallout 4, and uh, they may have found a second ending to the game that was cut, and it's a much more interesting ending than the ending we actually got to the main story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was pretty disappointed with all of you, the endings. You were, and uh, yeah, there there was a good ending. It didn't make it in the game, but you can go find uh, you can go find I information wonder, on that it, if you go um, do a quick Google search. I wonder was that to do with the dialogue system or something? Uh, it, it's it felt to me the limitations mm. of the dialogue system were what made yeah. the final few I, hours not really work. I don't want to talk. I'm trying yeah. not to spoil. I don't anything. want to talk about this too much. Like yeah, for the same reasons because I don't want to spoil either the endings as they are in the game or this alternative ending for anyone at this point. But the ending, if you go look it up and find out what this other ending was. It feels like it was a very different take on where that narrative could have gone about three quarters of the way in. 
And it feels to me like it would have been a much more interesting ending, but it also would have been a slightly riskier one for them to take. And they played the slightly safer ending. And I don't think the ending of the main plot was particularly satisfying as a result. So yeah, if you want to, if you're curious, go do some Google searching people. I'm sure you'll find that. So that was, that was a fallout four corner this week. We will eventually do a spoiler cast probably one day, maybe who knows. Uh, other Gavin's stuff this week. Gavin, you played a video game. Do you want to talk about... Oh, you played two video games, actually. Do you want to talk oh, about two. it or both? Uh, I played... Okay, I played Just Cause, which... Um, it's fun. You blow a lot of stuff up, but after about an hour, to be, to be honest, it just became white noise. Mm. I, it's funny. Just Cause, I would... I would put that game... You know the way on one side of gaming you have games that are pretty much all story like gone yeah. home i would consider just cause the absolute other end of the spectrum in that it's all sandbox fun mm. and basically maybe a little bit at the expense of actually having something some, to some engage structure with and things yeah <laughs> yeah like my f- but then that's that's what some people love about it yeah. and that's totally like, fair do you know the, the place like that i feel like just cause three fits into my gaming life is pretty much just get a little bit drunk put on some heavy metal and just like fly around <laughs> yeah. blowing shit up for an hour and then just put it aside yeah. and go to bed and have that as just like i've had a bad day i'm gonna exactly. blow up a fuck ton of shit to some heavy metal while i have a bit of a drink I mean, and then i'll go to bed it does have pretty explosions and the the grapple thing is is really fun yeah. when you uh start like, experimenting with it if, if you're just looking for an hour or so at a time of just like mindless blowing stuff up in a sandbox this is probably the best mindless blowing stuff up in a sandbox in a while yeah, it's just I like agree. that is what probably the best one since red faction gorilla yeah and you just have to know that that's what you're getting going in and if that's what you want then you're going to be happy if you want something a bit more structured you're probably going to be left a little lacking it's got quite a, a, a fun tone to it as well. I mean, it, it knows what it is. Yeah, it, and the, di- the dialogue reflects that very it, much. It doesn't ever take itself too seriously. It's, it's very yeah. knowing that it is the blow shit up game. Yeah. So. Why am I driving a stupid scooter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other one you played this week was uh, you played the, some of that Bloodborne DLC. The Bloodborne DLC. How, how are you getting on with yeah. it? It's fucking merciless. It's it's very hard. <laughs> are you playing it through on a first like first time through the game no, file or are I, you playing I, on I a new game I tackled it class? with um I mean I tackled it with like a level 80 character. I, and it's still fucking uh, kicking my ass. Are you doing ass, it with so. your new game plus character? No, just like Okay, yeah. Bog standard vanilla yeah, I, high level character I, and it's kicking I my ass. I restarted just so that I could like make sure I did it for the first time without doing it on New Game Plus and yeah, yeah it's brutal. Like it's fucking very early hard, on. Yeah. It, it might be in the first like ten minutes or so. There is a big set of uh, doors you can come across, and this huge yeah. thing barges its way through the doors. Huge bastard and it's comes like, out. Yeah, that is that is probably more difficult than anything I've faced in the whole of the main ge- like the the main game. Like after trying to I fight didn't it think once, he was quite. I just I didn't ran. think he was quite as hard as the last boss in in the vanilla. Uh, in maybe the main not the game. last boss, but considerably mm-hmm. stronger than anything like outside of dedicated bosses. Like, and then, uh, well, the point that I rage mm. quit last night was when you come across two of those guys. Oh, God, and one yeah. of them's shooting at you and the other one's what? doing what the first one did, <laughs> which is basically doing endless combo attacks and just, just no stun-locking you to death. There is no opening and its attacks take <laughs> yeah. off like half your health even when you're overleveled. And It kind of wasn't really fun for me, that part, to be honest. It got into Dark Souls 2 territory where it felt a bit unfair. The attacks were tracking me around in a circle and stuff. And It, it was interesting. Like, I, yeah. I found myself... Um, the trade-off of the amount of uh, blood echoes I was getting from them just didn't justify fighting them. So after I yeah. took down one of them and realised how many echoes I'd get, I was like, fuck this. And I just ran away from every other one I encountered. <laughs> there was another part where you have to fight a um, the blood-starved beast again, yeah. but in, like, a dark tiny cave that bit sucked as well <laughs> yeah i i'm worried about saying too much more about it because like you know if people are still playing this they don't want to get spoiled mm. but uh i enjoyed i enjoyed it, it for what it was it's sure it's you know could have been more but i'm glad could have had more born. with the 
the locations. I mean, yeah, like I was a bit disappointed the location is just a reused location from the main well, game with it. a few things do placed you, around the wrong way. Do you see what I mean way. now? That it's like, it's largely areas you've already been with a couple of additional yeah. roads just like kind of poking off. It felt a bit kind of, are we cutting a few corners yeah. here? Or? Well, there are certain parts where like, um, again, trying to keep this very early, that staircase you're initially going up to where the big doors open and the huge thing comes out, uh, like, mm. in the main game, there are roads to the left and right of that where you can go explore. In this, they just go to bottomless pits. It's like, nope, you're going in this particular yeah. line that we've formed for you. Like, it feels more... It's areas you've already been to, but more linear. It is much more, more linear, linear, isn't it? Yeah, considerably more and linear. God, that, that first stretch, the length between mm. the first lamp and the start... <laughs> yes. The length between the starting lamp and... The second yes. one is so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so it is more Bloodborne, and I'm not unhappy yeah. about there being more Bloodborne. It's more Bloodborne in every sense of it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's it's more fucking difficult. <laughs> it's more merciless, more brutal. It's if, if you found the main game wasn't challenging enough for you, you'd probably love it. Yeah, this DLC on New Game Plus, uh, that is where you are going to just... You better get good. Yeah, get, get good, good scrubs. Get good scrubs. <laughs> I, I actually, from playing so much Fallout 4, which is so easy, and then going back to Bloodborne, I was like, I don't know if I have the patience for for this. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, once again, twice. I can't just, like, destroy <laughs> everything I find with relative yeah. success. It's like, no, I am going to die several <laughs> times when I find something new. Yeah. Uh, so what else do we have this week? Uh Jim, you got opinions on this? Maybe, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. It's gonna be episodic. Um, there's there's some footage of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I understand the reasoning they gave. Mm. Basically, just to give the the um, a little rundown, uh, the Final Fantasy VII footage was shown at PSX. Uh, it shows some real time combat. They've gotten rid of active time battle, which I mm. won't go into too deeply looks, because that's a subject of cool. next Inquisition. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's looking it, considerably more of a video game than I expected it to at this stage. I didn't think we'd be seeing like a playable running in-engine video yeah. game yet. But for all we know, that's console. the only level they have done. That's yeah. quite possible, particularly considering this news that it's going to be episodic or something. But yeah, so I really think I just think it's really important that people adjust their expectations a little for oh, this God, one. Yes. Mm, oh yeah. God, this is not going to be like I, I am straight up saying it right now. This. This is not going to be the Final Fantasy VII... It's not going to be a Final Fantasy VII remake, I don't think. I think well, no, it's, it's going to be full-bore reimagining, and it's... it's. I feel like if you're going in there and you want to relive Final Fantasy VII, you'll probably be let down, especially because, and I keep saying this, I keep saying this, it's not the Square Enix you remember making. Mm. It's not the Square Enix that made Final Fantasy VII. This is the Square Enix that made Final Fantasy All the Bravest. This is modern <laughs> Square Enix. Well, it might be good, but reel back your expectations. I, Please don't get it, too hyped. Here's the thing. I feel like it's going to be, if you want to re-experience that story that you have a lot of emotional attachment to, and you want to reimagine it like and revisit that story in a more visually updated way, this will probably be that. Just be aware, combat's going to be different. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to be different about the pacing. There's going to be a lot of things that are different about the presentation to how you expected them to be. There's going to be a lot of it that's going to be very new square. And they're probably going to due to the nature of um, mid. What's the name of the city? Midgar. Midgar. Yeah, due to the nature of Midgar in modern, more realistic-looking things, it's probably going to feel a lot more grimdark than it did in the original with the kind Mm. of. Happy little sprites yeah. going around. I know they weren't sprites. No. I know. This, you know, don't yeah. need to shout at this, me. <laughs> this being said, though, as someone who very much liked Final Fantasy VII, but that doesn't have a huge emotional investment to it staying exactly what it was, and that I struggle to go back to that game considerably because there is a lot about it that has aged very poorly. I'm really excited about what we saw at PSX. Like people watching... who say Final Fantasy VII has aged are liars. Yeah, carry it, on. It hasn't aged well in the slightest. It has no, aged very, that's very poorly. true. It's... What, what you're I saying agree is... with. I agree with Laura. You are both. You are both <laughs> factually untrue. I've been replaying uh. it recently, and and don't give me because I know what comes next. It's, it's oh, it's because of nostalgia, right? Don't give me that shit, right? 
It plays fantastically well it, today. The pace, okay. The pacing of Final Fantasy VII, I'm going to say it now. If you go and play that for the first time today, the pacing is god-awful. It's an interesting yeah, it story. Is. There are some very good I moments play, of, of scale. I played it for the first time last but, year. Yeah, and it's... It, it doesn't. At points was excruciating. What are you going to What are you going to claim next? That Hideo Kojima's on his fucking holiday. <laughs> um, I'm kind of in the minority of people that actually liked Final Fantasy XIII in spite of its linearity, and I really don't mind seeing Final Fantasy VII's story revisited in something that's going to probably be a little more akin to Final Fantasy XIII. For me, that actually works. So there you... Yeah, um, this is where this, I stop agreeing. This is where the internet is going to crucify me, because I've talked about liking Final Fantasy thirteen before. This is where we go back to yeah. our usual I, thing of like, I no. Know. I've, I've talked about liking thirteen before, and I feel free to disagree with me, internet. But I like Final Fantasy VII's story. I think that the game has aged really poorly, and I really don't mind seeing... Hey. Like, the square that like made thirteen. I like. don't mind them make, remaking seven. And I'm, no, I'm happy about what I'm seeing. There ain't no judgment here. I mean, I, like I can Final feel Fantasy the judgment 13, already. I can. I haven't. You... We haven't even published this yet, and I can feel that. <laughs> I can feel the internet judging me already. Hey, we're we're an open and inclusive. <laughs> it doesn't matter how dark and twisted your fetishes are. If you like Final Fantasy Thirteen, we'll ex- we'll grudgingly accept that. Now, 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 everyone's just like. Now that you've mentioned it as a fetish, it's like I'm just going to go into another room and just like rub one out to being like, oh yeah, what, here we go, what, Final Fantasy Seven Thirteen. What 7, would this 13, podcast yeah. be? What would this podcast be if not for Laura's contrary opinions? Oh yes, I, I purely have these these opinions to be contrarian. Obviously, <laughs> that is, I, it's not possibly that I actually like some of You're these video so, games. It's such clickbait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Sure. Why else would I like? Is it a slow <laughs> slow news day? Yeah. Why, why else would I like Mass Effect Three, Final Fantasy Thirteen, and Shadow the Hedgehog if not to be contrarian? <laughs> Putting all this clickbait on the podcast. I always forget the Shadow the Hedgehog I one. Know. That's capital. It, it, it is just the punchline that keeps on giving. So, um, but yeah. I've got to. We actually never actually discussed the the main bit of news. The that episodic came out. thing, um, yeah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, they're not using the word episodic. I don't think, but they have it's... said that the game's going to be split into three parts. Have they, uh, have they said a number? Uh, last I, think... I saw was that a a number of parts. Oh, okay. Was what I, I saw think. Last. Well, I guess everyone's assuming. Um, uh, three, maybe because it, it originally shipped on three discs, that, which is maybe. what people are using as the excuse. They're like, oh, Final Fantasy Seven uh, was always episodic because it came uh, on three discs. Yes. Like, no, no, you <laughs> son of a bitch. That's not what episodic means. No, and some people have been like, oh no, maybe they didn't mean episodic. They meant it would be a multi-disc game. And I'm like, not in, not in this generation. No. No. I mean, this is... Um, this goes back to something I covered on a Jimquisition years ago. Uh, I know someone who worked uh, with Square Enix for some time, and they told me once that Square Enix has board meetings uh, where they try and work out how they're going to cut games up into pieces and sell them to you piecemeal. Um, that's part of their business strategy. Mm. Uh, that's what they do now. Uh, and, I mean, we're seeing this happen with things like Star Wars Battlefront and Rainbow Six, where things are like... You're getting sold the core of a game and things are building off it. And that's something Square Enix has been wanting to do for years. So regardless of whatever reasons they're giving now, I'm going to remain cynical about the whole thing because this is totally in line with what I've heard about that company's business plans mm, for years. Yeah. Uh, and this, this is a perfect game to really float that boat. Um, for them, because obviously they're guaranteed the sales. I, so if they can, if they can make what they're planning to do acceptable, um, then you know, there you go. Yeah. They, they've got it synced in. And do you know what? Uh, you know what about this? Where is my thought? I'm tired. Um, you know what is possibly a positive. <laughs> what about- is what about? This? Fuck off. <laughs> what about? Fuck this? off, Gav. You know. <laughs> You know what is like potentially a positive about this? It's mm. the fact that it means that we might not have to wait like five, six, seven years from now to get our hands on at least some of this game and see how it actually plays. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if we're going to they... get to like considering how many changes they're making, we will get to have a realistic opinion of what those changes mean to the game. Two years from sooner. now. Two years from now, they'll release like up to the fight with the Scorpion robot, <laughs> and and there you go. Then you can wait another two years and get as far as like 
you know, the plate falling. Yeah, well, at least it means that we can cut the weight until, you know... And the, then you the wait inter- another two years and get to, like, have random encounters in a field for 16 <laughs> hours. Well, at least it means that we can cut down the weight until we get to see the internet explode about whether the changes are good or bad or whatever. So, you know, yeah. we'll get that sooner. Mm. Yay! Um, there was actually other news today, which is pretty big. Um, System Shock 3 Oh, yeah, coming. that got announced. That's all I know is it got announced. That's No one knows anything about it. No, just, just that, it that, that is literally just the headline. Yeah, we're making System Shock 3. Yeah. yeah. Well done. That, that is a headline. What That's happened? Cool. Good for them. Yeah. I, I won't say no to a new System Shock. I also won't get excited until we know anything you know, about it. This is, Let's just wait this for is the going to be Gav with the contrary opinion here, but System Shock 2 was something I, again, just tried it for the first time last year and I found it hard to get into just because mm. actually, I don't feel it's dated. I, I'll agree with you. It that's well. also you that aged one. really poorly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Bioshock and yeah. like Ken Levine. I came to System but Shock I just found, I found it hard to get into System Shock. Yeah. I feel like System Shock is a series that, like, there is some very strong ideas that I would like to see revisited in a more modern context, but mm. the execution really has not held up. So, if you can make which System... Is, which is kind of, yeah. to be fair, which is kind of a pattern with a lot of narrative-based first-person shooters from that era. I mean, Half-Life 1, to me, does not hold up yeah, at all. To a degree, I got in a I... lot of shit for saying that once. I actually, when I oh, agree really? with you. Oh, yeah. I, People were mad when I said that. I once. might even go further. I might say Half-Life 2 was also aged pretty badly. Oh, you are going to win. That's fighting talk. I, I That's think, fighting talk. I think that it cannot be... A, it cannot <laughs> I'm doing my leprechaun boxing moves I'm, there. I'm now. not going <laughs> to understate how important Half-Life 1 and 2 were when they released, but I don't think that if you tried either of them today for the first time you would get the same experience you did back then. They have not aged as well mm. as people like to think. I think two's aged a lot better, it's aged, to be fair. It's aged than, a lot better, one. but it still hasn't it's, aged well. It's on on a, on just on a very basic level with controls and stuff, it's a lot more playable. The, I still think the pacing and a lot of the presentation just has not held up, but, you know... Really, the, pa- the pacing is, like, my favourite thing about Half-Life 2. I, I don't know, I just, I didn't... I think didn't it's a perfectly me. paced video game. I, I, dis- <laughs> like, I disagree, perfect. and now the internet... <laughs> I I am terrified of this episode coming up now. <laughs> with, with perhaps the exception of the hovercraft bits. Mm. I think those maybe oh, went on a little bit too long. But. So, uh, yeah, I feel like now I should just like not go online after this episode goes up. I'm sorry <laughs> that I dislike the games you like, Internet. I'm sorry I like It'll the ones right. you don't. I, find, I tend fine. to find you can get away with saying things on podcasts a lot more than you can in articles and videos. Yeah, because they can't That's... copy and paste and have a direct quote with a link to exactly where it was pasted. <laughs> Well, plus, plus when, when people can hear your tone of voice, I think they can, they can relate they to can what you're saying a little better. They can hear that I feel guilt and... for, my, for my opinions. <laughs> yeah. Like, on a podcast, you can hear that I don't relish feeling this way. I'm so sorry I'm broken. Uh, you know, complete left turn. You know a thing that I am excited about, because the first one's probably going to age pretty well. Nino Kuni 2 got announced this week. Yay! The first Nino Kuni was pretty pretty great, I thought. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. so long as they don't have that guy going, Nino, every five Nino. minutes, I'll be really pleased Drippy. I did love Nino. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah, so the, this seems like Nino Kuni 2 is same universe, completely detached story. It's another, hey, it's a Ghibli RPG this time. It's an adult from the human world who's gone to the Nino Kuni Ding Dong Dell world. What kind of crazy hijinks will they get in this time? <laughs> and I could not be more excited. Um, hopefully I get a copy before two days before embargo this time, so I can play this one at a slightly more relaxed pace than I played the first Nino Kuni. But Nino Kuni 2, that was good. I like that trailer. Look cool. Good. Yeah. Nino. Nino. Um, Uncharted 4, that's got dialogue options now. Does anyone care? Nope. No. no. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you can permanently delete games from your Steam library now if you want. That's actually pretty handy because I have a lot of Steam tends to give you games that you've no interest in. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, I know people who were annoyed about the presence of those games. I've never personally understood that. Like, I'm happy to just be like, "Oh, that game was shit, and it's still in my library. Oh well, I just won't play it." 
Well, this uh, this you see, this is all down to good library management <laughs> because my Steam folder has five categories, right? Yeah. Endless. Mm. Uh, there's there's endless which has stuff like Dark Souls, Elder Scrolls, yes, that kind of stuff. I have new, which is what I'm playing. That's new, obviously. I have finished. I have still to finish, and I have nah, <laughs> and that's where I put all the free shit that Steam sends me, and I just leave that tab closed and never have to look at them. Well, that's that's the thing is, if you never have to look at them, then do you need this service to delete them permanently? <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. It's a good thing to have extra functionality in Steam. It's just never a thing that I've... I've never had the urge to permanently delete a game I didn't like from Steam. But if well, you you, you have, never downloaded the Slaughtering Grounds. Well, don't you want that there as a badge of honour <laughs> that you survived? You downloaded it and did not have a fatal heart attack, and as such... Jim, that... I, 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 I'm pretty sure that, like, looking at your Steam games library would give me eye cancer. It, it's not pleasant. Like the shit that you play <laughs> on I, your show. I don't even know if Jim can permanently delete games because you've got your whole yeah. press account thing, so you might not be able to delete them forever. They just sit here. like I can't even delete the software. Like It just clings on. Like yeah. I actually have to blast my hard drive with radiation to get rid of some of these games. <laughs> so yeah, you can do that now if you want. Um, Psychonauts 2 is happening and it's going through crowdfunding. Uh, it's being crowd... Tim Schafer crowdfunding a game? I, I, I hope that it turns out... I hope it turns out good. Uh, I did like... Like, hooray, Psychonauts 2, etc. But I rolled my eyes so hard when I found out they were crowdfunding again. And I'm this like, is this is the is this the second time this year that a big crowdfunding campaign has been kicked off on a Sony press conference? Uh, yes. Yeah, because yes. we had we had uh, Shenmue That's three Shenmue and E three, and yeah. now we've got Psychonauts two. Like, is this a thing that Sony are going to do now? It's like Guys. we're announcing this cool game that you want. By the way, pay for it now, not when it comes out. In, in in the spirit of Contrary Opinions Week, <laughs> Psychonauts had really shit platforming. The platforming was pretty shit, but I still <laughs> love that game because I was able to... Like, I, I, the visuals and the story were fucking amazing, but the platforming was, was the pla- it was. The platforming Double Fine's never made a good game, that's the problem. The platforming wasn't bad enough to put me off enjoying a game that I still look back on very fondly, but mm. you are right. <laughs> Oh goodness! Is am I right that they're not using Kickstarter or Indiegogo? They're using that thing where people invest actual money to maybe get shares back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at the fact I snuck in the big contrary opinion about Double Fine never making a good it's game. It's fine. I'm, I'm just happy. To, I'm happy to let that just sit there. I, I chose not I, to I think, engage with that. Okay, one. fine. I was I'll, just trying fine. to troll. I'll engage with it. I think I was just trying to troll. Double Fine make. Good but flawed games. I think they should yeah, change the double shit. I don't think they've ever made a game that I would consider flawless. Um, no, I've got respect for Double Fine. I'm Brutal, just... Brutal Legend was was frustrating Brutal, yeah. to me because it was possibly the possibly my favorite little universe ever created in the game, and the fucking soundtrack was so amazing, and it was all going so well, and then it turned into like a weird RTS type thing and disappointed. You, you know what the only flawless Double Fine game is. Broken Age Act 1. Because Act 2 fucked up Broken Age. But Act, Act 1 was, was pretty fucking, damn good. fucking amazing. What else did he make? Um, he made uh, Grim, Grim Fandango, Fandango, didn't he? Um, Psychonauts and a bunch of they other They did that other, that other crowdfunding thing. Yeah. The, the, the one where you're a character in a Zelda-like world. Was that the one that got cancelled and never game. happened? I played it on Early Access. But it never actually came out, did it? Is that I the one that remember. never... I think that's the one that never left early access. There was one that never left early access, and now he's it's doing the crowdfunding to... thing where it's like, oh, if you give us money, then you get money if it does well. And it's mm. getting hard to pull the threads apart on Double Fine's library now. Like, yeah. it, it's just all kind of merged into one big crowdfunding collage. Yeah, I'm not getting excited about Psychonauts two until it is out because, yeah, like, as amazing as Broken Age Act one was. I was burnt by the ending of that, and I've seen other people get burnt for backing their stuff that never materialised, so I'm like, 
that's nice. I like the idea of more Psychonauts. I'll wait until it's out and hear if it's good. Then I'll look at it. Until then, I don't want to know, Tim. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm the same way with them. Like, I, I backed, back when it was Double Fine Adventure, out of principle, I put some money towards the, the what would become Broken Age. Um, but since then, like, Double Fine will never get my money before they've made the game. Um, I don't trust them to manage the money. I don't think I don't think they are shady or underhanded in any deliberate premeditated way, but I don't trust them with budgets, and I find it, as I say, eye rolling that they're still like like their gut reaction now is to crowdfund everything. Like they're not even trying other ways. Like it's all crowdfundy, crowdfundy. Yeah, stuff. like I I am sure that you could find a publisher for Psychonauts too. Like some well, company like, would be like, yeah, we'll t- we'll pick that up. That's a brand that people recognize. I don't know. Didn't they? Didn't they try that before and they just couldn't? Here's my they thing. They couldn't right? find the right publisher. I I don't know. I maybe maybe they quoting did. quotes out of my arse here, but that seems like a new story that didn't maybe happen my at some question, point. My question would be, did you ask Devolver Digital? Because if you <laughs> haven't asked Devolver Digital if they'll publish your game. You haven't tried. Yeah, like that—that's the baseline. Like if you—if you've tried everyone else and you say, "Oh, we've tried everyone," and if I say, "Have you asked Evolver Digital?" and they said no, I said you haven't fucking tried. Look at some of the wacky shit that they let go through their gates. Because they did Hotline Miami Two was them. Uh, who else? What else recently have they had through their? They're doors? doing that. What's it, Mother Russia or whatever? Oh it is, yeah, that really controversial yeah. one. Like, um, they'll publish everything. Heavy bullets, Broforce. Oh yeah, Broforce. Uh, hateful boyfriend. Them. Yeah, they they um, will publish anything that like has a cult following behind it. Any, and... Yeah, anything that anything that has like cult potential, meme potential, like anything that has a unique but reliable audience. Yeah. They seem to go for. Uh, and so, but if... they seem to um, put. They seem to have a reputation for putting out quality stuff as well. I mean. Yeah. Hotline yeah, Miami yeah. is generally loved, isn't it? Yeah. By everyone who... Um, not my kind of thing, but... I would say that, that Psychonauts has enough credibility to where I could see Devolver Digital taking a punt on it. And so I just... I don't buy that Double Fine is now acting as if it's mm. unpublishable uh, and, and needs crowdfunding all the time. And I also wonder, like, how much money are they making on the games they're already selling? Well, maybe they, they just prefer the crowdfunding yeah. route. Maybe they feel there's more free, well, more I mean, artistic freedom that I way. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm someone who is crowdfunded. I'm not mm. judging them purely for being crowdfunded. That would be hypocritical. Um, but it's that when it's married with their spotty reputation for crowdfunding, yes. that that I start to like feel like, are you, do you really I, want to keep dipping back to this well? Because I think people are getting less and less excited. This, this is their what their third time round. Well, on isn't the it, hasn't it been funded there. already? I mean, people clearly probably are... it had a million in like an hour, and it's probably been funded by now. It's it's weird. You you know, I think you're giving them a too a little too much of a hard time though, Jim, because not every one of their games is going through Kickstarter because the virtual reality only prequel to Psychonauts, that's not being kickstarted. Uh we what we know about that is the Kickstarter man did the jump from that cover about the VR on on the Time magazine. That that is memes. Is that memes? That am is I, memes. Am I completely a Luddite because I have like minus figures interest in VR. I am excited. Honestly, I like, struggle to get into it. I'm really excited about VR, but I'm also really dubious about where it actually fits into my day-to-day life as a consumer <laughs> product and I don't know if I'll have an answer to that. Like what is the general feeling it? towards it in the like bit, uh, amongst gamers and stuff? Is it like are people excited it's, about it's hard it? It's to tell it, because it yeah. feels like cautious excitement it with seem, no like It seems a lot of the 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 developers are excited about it and a lot of the um pub, kind of Jeff Keeley's of the world the kind of say, guys like, I've they this, seem very excited about it, but I've, I've ha- hardly before. seen anyone oh, who's I, I, uh, I fans think talking about sync? it. No, no, Gav's just, no, no, Gav's sorry, just talking just over everyone. You. He did the same last week. He's just being a, a, oh, push, being a, a pushy, bollocks. pushy person. Being a, a good big for him. That's what we need. Yeah. Um, um, but I was going to say, like I've said this before, the the, uh, the main audience seems to be Ben Kachera at Polygon. <laughs> um, but basically, tech bloggers love it. Uh, whereas people who have like who have to be more concerned about where they spend their money 
um, seem a bit more sceptical. I'm certainly ske- a lot more sceptical. And pe- maybe people that don't have big living rooms I as feel well. like gamers are excited about the concept of VR because everyone's mm. excited about the concept because it feels very futuristic and cool. But I feel like their excitement. Oh, is... I was excited about VR like yeah. in the early nineties. Oh, I, I, I feel like now it's like I feel like their excitement is being dampened at the moment, mainly by the lack of a um, a big system seller, like a big. This mm. is the headline thing that, like the Wii Sports of VR, where it's like this is the reason why you need to try out this tech, and mm. it doesn't have its killer app yet, and I think that is really hurting people's ability to latch onto the idea that they might go out and purchase it. It's like, it's cool, I'm not going to buy it because I don't know what I'm playing on it. Well, I mean, it's mm. telling that the most the most exciting stories about VR involve um, tech demos that seem to need to be in a very specific location like that thing that happened with oh, the Valve. The thing. Valve thing, which was amazing, but you need a fucking dedicated room to run that. Yeah, like that seems to be the, the, the issue. There. Like, the tech is there. But I don't think society has space or like a, a place in their lives for this tech yet, and that's yeah, that's, that's my big issue. That's that's my big cautious when it, point. When it comes to issues with eyesight and other things, yeah. that, like and and cost, like Val's this is so been much making more some weird decisions lately. Mm. I, I think I think Gabe is like one step away from let them eat cake at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do have one interesting thing. I did write something this week that you can see on laurakbuzz.com. Um, about one of my bigger concerns about VR. Nice, nice yeah, collusion, I, nice, Laura. The, uh, self-promotion. Um, <laughs> like, my big caution point on VR at the moment is I multitask like hell during my day, and I know a lot of people are like this in, like, sort of my my age bracket, where because of the way we've grown up with tech, I am constantly doing more than one thing at a time. Like, I am watching through a Netflix series while I'm checking my emails, or I'm tweeting while I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I very rarely dedicate myself to one source of entertainment at a time. And that's a big thing that I'm really curious if VR is either going to go the positive route of, hey, people are going to get back to actually immersing themselves in one thing at a time, or whether it's just not going to get adoption at all because no one wants to give up their multitasking that's become such a big part of their life. And I really don't know which way VR is going to go on that. And that's a really big question for me is... I wonder... You can't multitask I'd be curious how common that is with people like multitasking while they play games. Because I, I know I certainly never... Once I'm in a game, I'm in the game. Well, that's it. Nothing I think else. that's like, an age thing. Like, I think if you ask maybe. anyone under, let's say... Anyone under the age of 20 who owns a smartphone mm-hmm. is probably has it on their desk next to them while they're playing and they will pause the game to answer a tweet if it comes in. Like, they won't ignore that a tweet's come in. They'll pause the game and go deal with a tweet. And I feel like that's becoming more and more a thing as, like, people are growing up with tech, that this always connected nature has just sort of brought multitasking into the way a lot of people deal with entertainment, unless you're going on, like, a specific trip to the cinema or or something. So, yeah, I don't know how VR fits into that, and I'm really curious to see how that pans out, because I think that might be a really big barrier to adoption from early 20s target demographic people i don't know mm, that an interesting point yeah that mm. is me and thoughts um last quick bits of news to rattle out the way uh, minecraft wii u finally got announced like three weeks after we thought it would be because we all assumed, like it, it got leaked by a ratings board and everyone assumed it was going to be in the last nintendo direct then it wasn't and now, two, three weeks later, they announced it, and that seems really weird, but whatever. Another thing's got Minecraft on it now. And, uh, oh, the day that we're recording this, so it's going to be too late for all of you listening, but you can probably find footage of it if you want. To celebrate Mr. Iwata, what would have been his 56th birthday, um, as a tribute to him, he's been made playable for a day in the daily challenge in The Binding of Isaac. Um, and if you play as him... You start off with that video game cartridge and you collect a lot of uh, mushrooms and you are a water. And that is a very sweet thing to do that's also kind yeah. of sad. As it's too late to play as him, but there's images of it online. Yeah, you'll, you'll, version you'll of... find videos, I'm sure, of uh, the footage. But Oh yeah, I know Conrad Zimmerman did one on his YouTube channel. Um, yeah, it's, and it's... I'm sure Northern Lions got plenty. Mm. It's, it's a really little sweet addition that they're only doing for a day, but I think it was a really nice, very, very... It was touching. Very touching thing to have done, so... 
Yeah, there is that. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, you haven't played anything really this week, have you, Jim? Not really. Been been uh, trying to take it easy. Um, as I said, mostly just rushing to get um, ready for Gamer X. Um, I've been playing some of the Final Fantasy VII um, that hit PS4. Yeah, uh, the, uh, to... the the Steam version on PS4. Yeah, mostly to get footage for uh, something. For, well, for the next gen. Yeah, you've already um, said. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's... I don't know what anyone else is talking about. Still holds up. That's all right. It, it feels as fresh now as it did <laughs> way back when, when I was a little boy. Uh, so I, I played a couple of things I can very quickly jump through. Um, they won't take very long at all. Um, I played Dr. Langiskov, the Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald. Which, oh, I've been... I, I'm going to have mm, to play that when I get back. I've yeah, heard a lot. I, I want to avoid spoilers on this, but it is a game by a studio called Crows, 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 who... Um, it's one of the people who did the Stanley Parable, and it's a person who did a game called Castles in the Sky, and it's got a voice of one of them British comedians in it. Uh, it's got a voice from Rick and Morty in there somewhere. It's about 20 minutes long. That almost needs to be a genre now, doesn't it? Like a game where you walk through an interesting environment with a jaunty yeah. English person I, I, narrating yeah. you. So the trailers will tell you a story about a big exciting heist adventure game i'm not going to talk about what this game's about but it's about 20 minutes long and it's very well written it is one idea explored to about 20 minutes worth of length which is about i think how long this particular concept could work for i think if this was any longer it would have fallen apart very quickly uh, I think it was very well acted, and I had a lot of fun. I don't think I'll be going back to it, but it's completely free, so it's free, 20 minutes long, and it's quite well put together. So I think it's worth checking out. It's really worth a look. What, what's it called? Uh, Dr. Langaskov, The Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald. And is it on Steam? It's on Steam, and it's completely free. Um no. So that's worth checking out if you've got 20 minutes and you liked the writing style of things like The Stanley Parable. It's co a comparable quality of writing on a different topic. Um, I also played Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. That is, uh, that is Mario Party, but Animal Crossing. Um, you play by tapping Amiibos on your gamepad to roll the dice. It really didn't need Amiibo support in the slightest. The Amiibo support was... Really rushed and ham-fisted, but the Amiibos themselves are really nicely done. They're probably some of the better quality ones we've seen. Um, my main thing about that game is it is ridiculously upbeat. If you've got 45 minutes and want to just smile and feel happy, this is a really sweet board game to play because it's you've got good spaces and not-so-good spaces. They're never bad. It's not-so-good. And... Everything about it's very upbeat. So, like, you might land on a not-so-good space and it's like, oh, you lost some money, but only because you were buying birthday cards to send out and you bought them all in one go so that you could do all your birthday cards early, but that did mean you lost some money. That's not-so-good. Like, everything is, like, weirdly upbeat and That sounds disgustingly more uh, it, it made me smile. Like, we played... Me and Tilly played through two games of this last night and, like, it just made me smile and i know that that's like it's just so happy all the time and sometimes you just need something that is like completely happy and feel good and this scratched that itch for me like the amiibo support is fucking useless the game doesn't have much of a long shelf life like i'm not going to be replaying this frequently mm -hmm. but if you just want to be like oh i am happy this is friendship and happiness and smiles this you could do much worse than this for making yourself uh, just feel a bit happy. Sounds shite. Ah, where's the guns? Where's your guns? Where's the guns? Where's, where's, All this SJW oh, bullshit. What am I gonna do? Where can I blow up a, a orphanage full of dead oh. puppies? Uh. Um, <laughs> that killed my throat. That voice. Um, I also finished playing through and did a review for Destructoid of um. Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, which is very, very well written. It's up there with some of the better written um, Mario RPGs. It gets rid of all the things that I fucking hated about sticker stars with its, like, disposable 
sticker system and it, it stays much closer to the core of a like some of the older Mario RPGs where it's, I don't even know what Sticker Stars is, but I hate it uh, just from the name. It was a Mario RPG where you had like single use attack stickers. It was weirdly put together. I was not a fan. Um no, this one sticks much closer to some of the older Mario RPGs in terms of its combat system where it's press A to you know, attack to time your attack so it does more damage or so that you take less damage when attacked. The nice twist on the combat system is that you're controlling two characters at once or sometimes more, and each of the characters is set to a dedicated button. So if attacks are coming in, you have to assess very quickly who the attack is going to hit in what order and time like which buttons you're pressing to defend those characters in turn. It works really nicely as a way to keep up engagement. My big problem with Paper Jam is that it is incredibly handholdy when it comes to teaching you any new new mechanic that gets introduced. Like anytime any new mechanic, big or small, is introduced, it will spend several minutes explaining and over explaining and over explaining and over explaining how to do it. And that was frustrating. But it didn't take away from the fact that it was an incredibly well localized um very engaging RPG that I had a lot of fun with. So there's that. And then the last one, Fast Racing Neo. That is pretty much like going to scratch your F-Zero itch. If you had an F-Zero itch, it's going to scratch it. Uh, you you fly ships around a space track really fast. Um, the thing that sets this apart from like the obvious comparisons to F-Zero and Wipeout is that you have one button at all times set aside to change the color of your engines from blue to orange or vice versa. And there are boosts and jumps and things on the track that are locked to the color of your engine. So there is this sort of uh, separate game going on of trying to maximize your use of these boosts, but making sure that you're the right color for them at any time. There's a penalty. If you touch the wrong one, you'll get like electricity happening and you lose all your momentum it works really well. Um, very visually appealing. Um, there is a hero mode in which it doubles the speed. And if you watch footage of hero mode, it is insanely fast. Um, yeah, it's it scratched my F-Zero itch as a Wii U mm. owner. I was very happy to have that going on. So yeah, I played some pretty decent games this week. I was pretty happy. Nothing that was too shit. That's good. Yeah, I had a good week That's of video good. games and like two of them were on the Wii U. Yeah. What a world we live in. What a time to be alive. Oh, no, indeed. And with that, are we, we're, we're almost at an hour. We've got, we got to make up like two, three minutes so that like we don't get in trouble for doing under an hour. What can we bullshit about got, for two just, to three minutes? I just got deep heat in my eye. I'm always getting deep heat in my fucking eye. Tell us, a, got, tell us about this experience, Gavin. You bullshit for a few minutes. deep heat in your eye. Like I'm hearing... Deep heat. Deep Do you know what heat. deep heat is? Okay, I heard deep. Like I heard that, that you were getting deep like... heat in your eye, <laughs> and, and I had a terrible mental image. <laughs> how how is your eye doing with all of this deep heat in it? Tell us about this experience. Help us help us fill time. And, it's itchy and stingy, and I don't recommend it. There's there is your review of deep heat from Gav. Don't put it in your yeah. eye. Don't get it in your eye. Yeah. That's put it on your thing. neck. Because it's nice on your neck if you work on the computer all day, but don't put it in your fucking eye. That that sounds like a good thing <laughs> that I. And don't put don't put um, um Clarence Hydroquench in your fucking eye either, because that's also unpleasant. G- Gavin, generally if it's not designed for your eyes, don't pop it. In yeah, your don't eyes. put it in your. Basically fucking eyes. anything yeah. but eye drops or possibly contact lenses. Just don't put it in your eye. That's Gavin's yeah. information corner. Yeah, D- things not to put on your eyes. Deep Heat, Clarence Hydroquench, and Jim's Steam playlist. <laughs> Have we bullshitted long enough? Shall we, shall we wrap up for this week? I think it's time to wrap up. Is that, um, that time to wrap up another yeah. shitty episode of this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Laura. Yeah. If people people have had not had enough of of all of our horrible shite, how can they find out more? More from, of from our, you, more of me and my horrible shite. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laura K Buzz is the the thing to remember. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on Patreon. Go throw me a dollar or something. It helps me put the time in to make this 
whole bullshit be a thing. Laura K Buzz on YouTube, where I will have a nice big outcut, all sorts of output of content coming up soon, once I have internet in my bloody house. And laurakbuzz.com, where pretty much everything I post goes up there now, so laurakbuzz.com, you'll find everything. There you go. That's self-promotion. And Gavin, the miracle of sound, how can we find out more about your lovely music and things? Miracle of Sound on YouTube, Miracle of Sound on Twitter, and hopefully by the time the next podcast comes out, my Level 6 album will be out with all of the songs from this year. Y'all. So buy it and keep me in the in the business of making music, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's about it. Um, once again, I'll be at Gamer X in San Jose. If you're in town, uh, feel free to say hello. Uh, I'm going to be there looking dapper and having a laugh uh, until then we will see you next week and yeah I, I there was no need to say and I think I said everything we will see you next week whether you like it or not bye bye, bye. <laughs>